On today's show, Noah and I discuss the NBA draft lottery and go through our very early mock draft for the top 14. This man was a bona fide scrub. After some failed intros, we're back. Uh, this week's episode, we're going to be doing a deep dive of all the potential lottery picks, and we're going to give our own NBA mock draft for this season. But first, well, our Knicks were supposed to get the sixth pick, and they fell back to eight, two spots, and everyone was freaking out on Twitter. I don't know why. It's only two spots, and people are already complaining about this draft class. And I know we're both going to complain about some players in this draft class. Yeah, well, of course people were freaking out. It's the Knicks, and, and every time something wrong goes, something wrong happens to the Knicks, you know, people tend to overreact. And if you can imagine if the Charlotte Hornets or the Cleveland Cavaliers were in New York, we could talk about how bad their franchises have been over the past few years. But they're not the Knicks, and people don't care. So that's why, you know, when the Knicks drop two spots, everybody talks about it. But when the Suns drop five, and they drop out of the top five, and out of the top spot, as they did last year, nobody cares. So that's just the Knicks, the Knicks hypocrisy. It's going to happen. As Knicks fans, we have to deal with it. People are going to laugh about it. And uh, we can poke fun at ourselves as well. So, th- I mean, that's what happens. That's what happened this year. That's what has happened for, for many years. So I think we just sort of have to live with the Knicks dropping down. But I don't think this is necessarily a bad draft to drop down any amount of spots, especially when you go from six to eight. I don't really see. I could easily see the eighth, ninth, tenth, sixth. They, they could these could all be the same player. The the players dropped later could be better than the sixth pick. So uh, there's really not consensus great players in this draft as there were last year. I think falling outside of the top three last year was to serious detriment to some teams, especially the Suns, who had the number one odds tied with with the Knicks and Cavs. some other teams, and they didn't get it. So. Uh, that definitely is a lot worse than just being a mid lottery pick and dropping a couple spots. I don't, I don't see a reason to freak out just yet. Yeah, all these players are pretty similar. This is a point guard heavy draft, and we do want the Knicks to get a point guard because that's what we've been searching for for a long time. And there's a lot of good options, but we'll just have to see kind of which one falls to the Knicks. If they do end up taking a point guard, there's also some decent three and D wings, which we'll talk about later. But first, well, we're going to start off with the Minnesota Timberwolves. They were one of the top three odds to win the first pick, and they got it. They're on the market right now for sale. Actually, they're going to have a new owner when the season starts. And they actually have a pretty good roster. We have D'Angelo Russell, who they trade for, and the Andrew Wiggins deal with the Warriors. They have Carl Anthony Towns, uh, all-star center. He's been great. Malik Beasley, he's, come, he's became a nice uh, shooting guard for them. In the starting lineup, they have a Kogi. They have Jared Culver, who they actually – who was their lottery pick last season, sixth overall. I don't think he's very good, but the Timberwolves fans are probably excited for him in the future. So there's a, I actually like this roster. For I mean, usually a, a team that gets the first pick has a horrible roster, but they actually have a foundation with Kat and D'Angelo to build around. So, Will, what, what do you think of this Timberwolves team? Yeah, I do like the team. I think Russell and Towns – they're the 2015 draft duo. They were the first and second pick of the 2015 draft. So they found their way to the same team. And, you know, their roster is, is not that bad. If they're going to go under new ownership, maybe that's 
refreshing to some Timberwolves fans. Uh, I think that would probably benefit their team going forward. But for me, with the number one pick, I, I think Anthony Edwards is probably going to be the person that they're going to target. You mentioned Malik Beasley and Okogi as both two starters for them. And I think they probably like those players, but I don't think that they see either one of those guys living up to the way that Edwards can. But for some reason, I see a lot of people say that the T-Wolves can't possibly take LaMelo number one. And I, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think people will sort of look at Russell and say, you know, that's their point guard. But if we learned anything from previous teams sort of looking at their team when they have a high pick and seeing a guy that they like and not going after the best player available, that has been kind of a mistake for some teams in the past. I think going forward, you know, teams have learned that and they're going to sort of steer away from that. And also, Russell isn't a bad two-guard option. Him playing off the ball necessarily isn't the worst thing for your team. If you have a backcourt of LaMelo Ball and D'Angelo Russell, I think Teebles fans and the team itself will be pretty happy with that to pair with Towns and sort of have a big three there. So I think they have some nice options. Edwards and LaMelo are definitely two of the best players in this draft. They're sort of consensus, consensus top three, both of those players. And I think you know they can go either way. So I, I think they will take Edwards because... They might like him a little bit more. He's a little bit more athletic, a little bit more NBA ready. But uh, you know, if they do decide to go with Lamelo, that's not a bad option either. Yeah, the Timberwolves. I agree. I, I think they're going to end up taking Edwards. I mean, I, I think he has a higher floor than Lamelo Ball because Lamelo Ball yeah, has a lot of risks. It's a very high risk reward. And with a new owner coming in, I'm not sure if he wants to take that risk. I think he's just going to try to get the best player available here with his draft pick and pair him with D'Angelo and Cat. I think I'd rather have D'Angelo having the ball a lot. So I, I think I'd rather have, have him play point guard and then have Edwards at the shooting guard. But there's a lot of concerns for Edwards. You know, he's not a good passer. He, he, he's, he's built like an NBA player. That, that's a positive. And he, he shoots a lot, but he didn't shoot great percentages. Last year at Georgia, 29% from three, 40 from the field. I mean, he was like on a, a bad team sort of chucking. It's sort of like what happened with Ben Simmons. And a lot of these draft prospects, they get overlooked sometimes because – they look at their percentages and they're bad, but they were on a bad team with nobody uh, to pass the ball to or create for themselves. So interesting situation with Minnesota. The first, I, uh, they could also trade this pick. I wouldn't be opposed to that. I mean, they could try to land Devin Booker, but I don't know if that's a possibility because I think Phoenix, they signed them long-term and they had a good run the bubble. As we all know, they went A and O. So the Suns, they they actually think they have something going. They, they even have Kelly Oubre, who is also a good player for them. So maybe Phoenix thinks they can keep Booker and A, and they're going to run it back and maybe make the playoffs next year. Yeah, I don't know if they necessarily need to do that. I think they would probably be pretty content with taking a player in this draft and sort of having that player become part of their big three as opposed to going after Booker. Uh, again, Russell and Cat are both 2015 players. If they land Booker, that will be... The big 2015 three. big three they're only missing Porzingis for all the best players in that draft so uh, that would be pretty funny and interesting if they could end up with all three of those players but I think the likelihood is they'll keep their pick and uh, go after Edwards or Lamelo. yeah I think they'll end up taking Edwards but also um, I have, we have this article here by a uh, fan cited by Jeff Thompson five potential trades for the number one pick let's take a look at some of these well if any of these could be worth it or would you rather just take Edwards the first one is the Timberwolves would trade the first pick, Jake Lehman and Amari Spillman, to the Hornets, so they'd be trading down to the third pick. 
and they would re- receive the third pick, Malik Monk, and a 2022 top 10 protected pick. I mean, this really isn't worth it. I mean, Malik Monk, he's just another shooting guard. I mean, Edwards is probably going to end up being way better than him. I don't know why you would move down two spots just to acquire Malik Monk in this deal. Yeah, I agree with you. Although, the one thing I would say is that the, th- the number three pick could easily be the number one pick. So if you look at whether one team wants to go with LaMelo or Edwards, number one, if the Warriors keep their pick and they take Wiseman, you know, the other guy's going to be there at three. So they could just yeah, get one a first of them's round pick be out. There. They could just get a first round pick out of it and, and go down only two spots. I don't hate that idea. Although if it's top 10 protected, the Hornets are not going to be making the playoffs in, in 2022. So you're going to be missing out on that pick anyway. So I think if they got a 2022 first round pick, to move up two spots unprotected i think they should do it to be honest with you but if it's going to be protected at all maybe even you know anything outside of the top three i think you got to just keep the keep the number one pick i don't know why you just get malik monk as you said it doesn't make much sense to me it doesn't and another another trade in the article was the Timberwolves will be trading to the hawks they'll be trading down the six they would give up the first pick and Jake Lehman, I guess they, they really don't like Jake Lehman. He's, <laughs> he's getting traded in every deal. But they would give up the sixth pick, or then they would receive the sixth pick and Kevin Herter from the Hawks and also 2022 first-round pick, top five protected. I mean, I don't think the Hawks in 2022 are going to be top five bad. So maybe that is like a guaranteed, like, you know, 11th pick, 10th pick, sort of middle to the end of the lottery. But, I mean, why would you ever trade down one to six in the NBA? Like, trading down is just – that just seems like a disaster in the NBA. NFL, it's completely different how everything works. NBA, you just, got, you just got to take the best player. Talent is so scarce in the first round. Yeah, if the Knicks were going to get the sixth pick like they were supposed to and they got this offer, I mean, that's just – you got to take that instantly, I think, if you have you the sixth pick. So – I would be very happy if I were the Hawks or if the Knicks actually got the pick they were supposed to and they ended up with receiving the number one pick just for a top five protected first-round pick in 2022. I think you got to do that, and I don't think they'll even make this trade. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know why they would ever do that, honestly. And the third trade was actually, speaking about our Knicks, the Knicks would trade all the way up to one. So the Knicks, which are the Timberwolves, will trade the first pick, Jake Lehman, once again. I guess they hate Jake Lehman. J- Jalen Noel, I don't even know who that is. And the Timberwolves will get back the eighth pick, a 2021 first from the Mavs. The Knicks have that Mavs pick. And Frank Nelakina, <laughs> I mean, if I'm a Knicks fan, I'm doing this in a heartbeat. We can get LaMelo This is Ball. better we can, than the last one. We, we, I mean, at least, at least the Timberwolves are getting a, a Mavs pick and a Nelakina. But, I mean, that'd be awful if you trade from down one to eight. I mean, the Knicks, they really like LaMelo Ball, and um, I would take this in a heartbeat to be our point guard if we could do this deal. Yeah, I would too. I don't know, again, why you would receive a pick from the Knicks that wasn't from the Knicks. You got you to gotta go after a team that's, that's that bad and take picks from their future, not the Mavs, who are the seventh seed this year, probably going to be higher next year. And you're getting Frank, who averages five points per game, and you're not going to be trading the number one pick for that. So... They definitely, the T-Wolves definitely should not do this, but if the T-Wolves GM is listening to this right now, you definitely should because the Knicks, Knicks need the number one pick. That would be, that'd be much more beneficial to us. The fourth trade, uh, this is actually probably the best trade of the four for the Timberwolves. They would give up the first pick, Jake Lim and James Johnson, and they would receive first, the 12. Whoever, whoever wrote this article just wants Jake Lehman off 
the Timberwolves. I, I think that was their idea. They're, they are trading Jake Lehman and attaching the number one pick to it just to get him off the team. I think that's what they're trying to do. <laughs> he doesn't even make that much money. It's not even like he's a salary dump. But um, So the T-Wolves would trade with the Kings. They give up the first, Lehman and James Johnson. They would give up the 12th. They would receive the 12th pick from the Kings in this year's draft. And Buddy Heald, I mean, that's actually not that bad of a uh, trade. Buddy Heald's an established three and D player. He's a great shooter. He's like a 20 points per game scorer. And if you really don't like Edwards, you could just take the guaranteed, you know what you're getting from Buddy Heald. He's a great shooter. I mean, that doesn't seem that bad of a trade. You could pair him with Russell in the backcourt. I don't know, maybe, I mean, if you think Edwards has a higher ceiling than Buddy Heald, take him. But if you're sort of weary on Edwards, Lamel, and Wiseman, I wouldn't even mind making this trade all the way down to 12 and, and picking up a, a, a bona fide um, good player. Yeah, I mean, it's they get the best player out of this deal. Again, obviously, the floor for Buddy Hill is way higher than it is for an unknown player like Anthony Edwards or LaMelo. But Buddy Heald, uh, he has a pretty hefty contract, $106 million over four years, so you're going to have to pay that. Uh, he, does, he does average over 20 points per game, so you get that. But he's 27 years old, and I don't think it's unimaginable to see LaMelo or Edwards average 20 in their next two or three years. So I think you get you get a lot more bang for your buck with a, with a draft pick than you do with Buddy Heald, and you don't have to... You You'll have to yeah, of course. but Because yeah. Buddy makes like 100 mil, too, so they would have to pay him and have that baggage on their team. Right. Yeah, so I think I think they just got to keep the pick. I, I don't see... They, they got to keep the see, pick. And, I don't see why we yeah. would trade down for the first pick. Yeah. And then the final trade was with the Magic... Timberwolves trade the first pick, Jake Lehman again, James Johnson, and Jared Vanderbilt for the 15th pick in this year's draft to the Magic. And you get Aaron Gordon and Wesley Awundu. I mean, Aaron Gordon, same kind of thing. Um, he, I would say he's worse than Buddy Heald. And he's also injury-prone. He's injured right now during the playoffs. I mean, I just, I mean, he's a decent power forward. But, like, I, I think the Timberwolves, they've they got to get better guards on this team. I, I think Cat's good enough to hold uh, the five position. and. They save, they have some decent players on their bench, so I just think they need a perimeter player to pair with Russell. I, I wouldn't make this trade ever. Yeah, this is a terrible trade. And in the article, uh, the guy writes, of the five trades, this is my favorite one. And really? I don't <laughs> see why. I mean, I'm sorry, Jeff Thompson. This is not a good trade. <laughs> uh, if you're a Magic fan, I guess it is. But for the T-Wolves, yeah, uh, you're never doing this. The Magic don't have a point guard. They could literally get LaMelo Ball if they made this trade. I mean, I think that would helped them greatly <laughs> fix that magic team. But yeah, I think we both can agree that the Kings deal was probably the best, but I wouldn't ever make any of these deals. Honestly, if I was the GM, if I was the Timberwolves GM, no, I hate them all. I'm not doing Yeah. That. We don't like them all. So the Timberwolves, they have a lot of decisions to make. Our pick was Anthony Edwards for them in our mock draft. He's going to go first to Minnesota. And the second pick, maybe the biggest wild card in this entire draft. Well, the golden state warriors, they uh, fresh off five finals appearances, and last this past season they were horrible because Curry Clay got hurt. They're returning. They traded deloading for Wiggins for a better fit. I actually kind of like Wiggins on this team. I think he's gonna be a good third or fourth option. And we saw Eric Pascal ascend as a rookie. He made our both of our all rookie second teams. So this Warriors team has a lot of assets to move. They could trade Wiggins. They could trade Draymond. But what do you think they're gonna do with the second pick? Do you think they're actually gonna stay here? Well, I think if they do stay, Wiseman should be their choice. They obviously need some center help, and he is the best center 
And I think if you ask teams like a year ago or two years ago who they would take number one, it probably would be Wiseman. Now we have to learn from some DeAndre Ayton recent history that taking centers number one in this era of basketball is not necessarily the, the best idea. But uh, they're getting him number two here. He does have an outside shot. He is a pretty versatile offensive player. So I don't think he's necessarily a bad choice. Now, the rumor is that they are shopping this pick and they're trying to field as many offers as they can for it, which is smart. But no, I want to ask you what you feel about the T-Wolves trading for the number two pick and moving Carl Anthony Towns, who has been in some trade talks in recent uh, years for the, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Do you think that they should try and go after the top two picks and would it be worth trading Towns for second overall? So you're saying you want the Timberwolves to go a full-blown rebuild. If you're trading Towns, then you're basically completely resetting everything with the first two picks. Yeah. They, they've then made the playoffs one time under him. They haven't they had done nothing other than that. I, I think uh, they want to keep him. I think they're going to keep him. I don't think they're going to move Towns. I think they're just going to take whoever they think is the best player available first. But the Warriors, um, the Warriors would have to probably trade Wiggins back to Minnesota to make the salary work or someone. <laughs> Because Towns is on a max contract. And, uh, I mean, if Conley Towns on the Warriors, I mean, great for them. They're probably going to win the championship then if they end up having him. But, you know, I, the Warriors, they really don't need an elite center. I, I don't think Steve Kerr and, and Bob Myers really think they need an elite center to win. They just take Wiseman and develop him. Because, you see, we saw Festus Azili play some minutes, JaVale McGee in the finals. I mean, Bogut was a nice piece. He wasn't making that much money, but... The Warriors kind of just, they get a center that can protect the rim, and that's all they need them to do. And they'll just let their, their shooters command the offense. Townsend would kind of be a weird fit for them. I don't know if it would be worth taking on that, that baggage for the Warriors. Yeah, I kind of agree. I, I, I mean, obviously the Warriors are in win-now mode. I, I think they're trying to trade their pick. I don't know what they'll get for it with second overall in this draft. Uh, I would see the likelihood of them trading it is more likely than them taking a, a, a player here. So that's why, I don't know. That's why I'm so we're trying gonna to have come to find out. Yeah, we're going to have to their, find out yeah. where that could move. Um, what about Philly? Like, what if since since the whole Sixers situation blew up with Brett Brown, like, do, who do you think the Sixers would be more willing to trade? Would they trade Embiid or Simmons? Like, would you, um, maybe the Warriors would like want Ben Simmons. Would you give up the second pick and Wiggins for Ben Simmons or something if the Sixers believe Embiid's the guy? Well, I don't think... Ben Simmons would First of all, I don't, I don't think the Sixers would want to trade Simmons, and I don't think the Warriors would want to trade for him. So I think Simmons yeah. might be the wrong person to look at. With Embiid, I mean, I think the I think That's the, the same Sixers town situation. Would, I think they would trade Embiid over Simmons if you're the Sixers. I would. I would do the. Look I, would, at it. I think I would trade Ben Simmons if I was the Sixers, but maybe not, not to the Warriors. You love Embiid and you hate Simmons, so of course you would do that. But Ben Simmons can't shoot. There's, he literally is just a problem. He didn't even play a game in the playoffs. It's not Embiid's fault. It's Brett Brown's fault. And Tobias Harrison Horford, uh, 300 mil for six points in a playoff game. But Ben is he really ever going to get better? Like he's been, I feel like he's been steadily the same the past couple of years. That's just my issue with him. I don't know. The one thing is they, everybody talks about is opening up the, the floor for him and having him be like a Giannis and – the only way to do that is to get rid of Embiid. So I think the Sixers want that experiment. And I think if they're going to trade, they're going to trade Embiid over Simmons. That's just in my opinion. But I don't think that they'll trade him for the second 
the second pick. I, again, it's like the same thing with Towns. I don't know if the Warriors necessarily want a player like that and have to pay him all the money. So They both have big contracts, Sims and Embiid. Yeah, right. So I, I don't know what the Warriors will do. I think they probably want to trade the pick, but I don't know if they'll find enough offers uh, that make sense for their team. I don't even. I don't think they're going to find an offer. It's it's really tight now. But uh, if you, since you spoke about Ben Simmons opening up the floor for Philadelphia, um, I think that would actually be a pretty good fit for the Warriors. I think Embiid or Simmons will fit on that team. Because if you think about it, Seth Curry. I mean, he. I mean, he's he's a good on ball player, but he's also amazing off the ball. Him and Claire are two of the best off the ball players of all time. And if you want to open up the floor for Ben Simmons and have him bring up the ball. And has set screens for Curry and Clay and all and all their shooters. I think that could work. That could pay dividends, and the Warriors could be amazing that way. But I, I don't know. Maybe I think Philly. I don't think they're going to trade either of them this offseason. I think they're going to try to get a new coach and run it back and see what happens, and maybe make a move. Maybe try to get rid of uh, Tobias Harris or Al Horford instead. Yeah, I don't think they'll be able to get rid of either of those guys. But I do see them. If they're not going to trade Simmons or Embiid, they're they're probably going to whether they like it or not, have to run it back one more time just to see what happens. Also, there's another article, another draft, um, this, this article on uh, Sports Not by Vincent Frank. He details potential trades with the Warriors for the second pick. So let's take a look at these. The first one is actually our New York Knicks will. Um, I would do this in a heartbeat. The Knicks would trade the eighth pick, Julius Randle, and um, a Mavs pick for the second pick. And if we believe Edwards is Minnesota's guy, we still end up getting LaMelo Ball. And we get rid of the spin cycle, Beyblade, Julius Randle. This, this would be awesome for the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, it would be. I would do this. But would the Warriors do it? I don't know. Probably not. Do they, do they think that Randle is better than, than Wiseman for their team? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. And they don't want to have to pay Randle. And uh, you're just getting the Mavs pick. So, again... I don't think this this value really holds up. But if the Warriors are desperate to move the pick and they think this is the best deal they have, uh, I would love to see this happen. And they can still get somebody good at eight. So again, it's not the end of the world for their, for their team. Yeah, another trade was um, the Warriors would trade down to four with the Chicago Bulls. They would get Thad Young and a 20-21 first from the Bulls. It doesn't say if it's um, unprotected or not. But, you know, if Wiseman's your guy, the Warriors, like, that there really isn't a point trading down the draft. This team just needs a center. That's what we've been saying. Wiseman's the guy. He's 7-1. He's athletic, rim runner. He's got some raw offensive abilities. But I think he's the guy. I don't think you take a perimeter uh, perimeter player or, or hope uh, Wiseman's going to fall to four. I, I think he's, Wiseman's going to go top three. Yeah, if you're not trading for a center, I don't think you move this this pick if you're the Warriors. I think you're going to be content with Wiseman if you're not getting a Towns or an Embiid. I just don't see a reason for them to move down for a guard or a small forward or anything like that. I don't think they're going to move down in the draft if their intent is to trade the pick. They don't want a draft pick, so they're going to try and yeah, get exactly. an established all-star for this value if they don't want to take somebody second. So. I think that's more likely what happens with, with them. Wiseman's their center. Moving on to the Charlotte Hornets, a small market team. Michael Jordan runs them. Um, he great player, but um, horrible uh, at evaluating talent and drafting <laughs> over the years. Malik Monk, 
uh, he was a terrible pick. He was actually, what was he, right after Frank Milikina, or he was somewhere in yeah, that range? He was, he was ninth overall. But they do have some budding players in Devontae Graham. Um, he was, was he on the most improved player list? Was he top three or no? I think he got snubbed, right? Uh, you I like him a lot. Think he got snubbed. Uh, yes, okay. I am a Devontae Graham truther. I drafted him in fantasy basketball and I won the league, and it was partially because of him. So shout out to Devontae Graham. Yeah, so the Hornets, they were actually supposed to get a lower pick than the Knicks, but they luckily moved into the top three. They drafted Miles Bridges in 2018 and P.J. Washington last year at the end of the lottery. And he made our rookie all-rookie second team, so he looks like he's going to be a prominent player for them moving forward at the four position. They have Zeller. I mean, I think Wiseman would be a perfect fit if he, if he falls here to three. I think the, the Hornets would take him because – they sort of have a crowded um, backcourt with Devontae Graham, Rozier, Malik Monk. I mean, I don't like Monk or Rozier. Devontae Graham's not bad, but what do you think the Hornets should do here? Do you think this team needs a guard, or do they, what do you think they need? Well, I think they need some excitement. And as I mentioned <laughs> at the beginning, the Hornets are irrelevant. I mean, they have the most relevant basketball player of all time as part of their franchise, but somehow they are just completely boring and out of the news all the time. Uh, so I think what this team needs to do is they need to get some excitement. And the only way to do that at the number three position in the draft is to take LaMelo Ball. I mean, this is the most, uh, the highest ceiling player in this draft. I think we both agree on that. Uh, he definitely has the most clout of all the, of all the players. <laughs> so Yeah, we've known about you know, LaMelo for years. LaMelo is number one overall in clout for sure. Uh, obviously, they do have Devontae Graham. He had a breakout year this year. They paid Terry Rozier on the offseason, so they are a guard-heavy team. But again, just as I said, with the with the T-Wolves, you got to take the best player available regardless of your team needs. And Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier are certainly not all-stars, even though uh, I think they're pretty good players. So I think you're going to take LaMelo. You're going to get that marketing. You're going to get that Zion effect for your team when you have the most exciting player coming to your franchise. It's going to move, move tickets. It's going to put the Hornets on one or two national TV games, I think. The NBA <laughs> loves marketing its players. So, it, you look, if the Knicks can get on national TV last year with, with Taj Gibson, true. the Hornets can get on with LaMelo Ball. Adam Silver's addicted to promoting their young players. So, what, what does this team need? They need, they need relevancy, and they're going to take LaMelo third uh, if he's there, I think. I agree. Also, Wiseman was there. I would probably take him and not look back. Depends what the Warriors do with their pick, if they trade it or not. But yeah, Devontae Graham's... Right, he, he's if, more of a, if the Warriors yeah. trade their second pick, LaMelo could easily be the second be pick. Be taken before. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think I would take Wiseman and not look back if LaMelo and Edwards are off the board here at three. But the Hornets... I mean, Devontae Graham, yeah, he's a good player, but he's not really a pass-first point guard, per se. He's more of a, a scorer. Same with Rozier. So I think LaMelo Ball, this would be perfect for him. Sort of a young team to build around him. He's a good passer. We get all that. But the big thing about – big question about LaMelo is, like, is the scoring actually going to be good? Because LaMelo Ball, we've heard about him for so many years. He's a 6'8 point guard, 180. He's skinny. We know he averaged 17 in Australia last year or this past season. Great rebounder and passer. But what will his offense be at the next level, Will? He shot 37% from the field. 25 from three he's definitely the highest risk and highest reward in this draft I mean I love I like Lonzo as a player I like LaMelo but it, it 
I don't know if I could believe that Lamelo's going to become like a superstar player. I, I don't know. That sounds too good to be true. I, I feel like something's going to go wrong, but some people have compared him to Luca. Yeah, well, that's surprising coming from you because you've been a huge Lamelo Ball fan over the past couple of years. And it's always I, been I am, me but now I'm weary. Being the one. It's always been me being the one saying, you know, I don't know. He might not know. be NBA ready, and he might be too skinny, and all this stuff. So. You're, you're taking a, an old position by me in this in this discussion here. Uh, I don't know. I, I start really looking at and diving deep into him. I mean, he takes a lot of bad shots. So, I mean, at the next level, he's not going to be able to do that. And he, he needs a coach with discipline. Uh, James Borrego, the Hornets coach, he's a good um, young and up-and-coming coach. I don't know. LaMelo, like, he, I, I think his skill, I think the ones, if you had to pick one skill out of every player in this draft to have, I think it's low balls passing. I think his, that's the best skill in this entire draft. Like compared to Edwards scoring, I don't think it's there yet. Wiseman's defense or rebounding. I think LaMelo's passing is just sensational. So I think you, I mean, I think you take him a three if you're the Hornets and, and don't look back. You got to take risks in the draft. This draft class we, we knew coming in. It might not be the highest floor type of the players, the highest type of floor, but you got to take someone with a high ceiling. And LaMelo definitely brings that to the table. Yeah, I agree with your point about him having the best skill out of all the individual players in this draft. I think that his passing definitely is, it could be elite, you know, right away. But I, of course, agree with you. I, I don't know if LaMelo Ball is going to be NBA ready in his first year. No, now, I, don't, I don't think Hornets, so either. If he goes to the Hornets, he's going to get to take every shot because that's fine. It's, not, it's literally not going to matter. He's going to be far and away the focal point of their offense. He's going to be the, the most exciting player on their team. He's going to get to do whatever he wants. It's going to be Australia 2.0. He's just going to get to be the guy there for Charlotte. But again, will he be NBA ready in year one? I don't know if they'll win 25 games with him added to their team. I don't, I don't know if he has the ability to put them in a low playoff mix. I don't think he's going to have a Luka effect like Luka did last year with averaging 19 and just taking over their team. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that efficiently at least. So with LaMelo, again, I think you take him. I I think his box office is worth it. And I think he's talented enough to go in the top three. I just don't know what his impact is going to be right away. And I think you're going to have to wait till two or three years down the line. Uh, where he's really starting to come into his own and develop his body and, and get more used to playing in an NBA system because you got to be efficient if you're going to be a great player. And he just doesn't have that efficiency yet. No, but also, Will, as you mentioned uh, about waiting two or three years down the line with him, but that's what we're here for. If you're the Hornets, I mean, most of your players are age 22 or younger. You're building for the future. You might as well take the gamble on someone like LaMelo and hopefully it works. He's not going to be great year one. I mean, he's going to have his shooting struggles. I mean, it seems like every NBA rookie has shooting struggles nowadays. But but we know what we're getting with his passing and rebounding. I, I could see him averaging six assists, sort of seven assists a game, like John Morant did this year. He won't be good of a scorer as John Morant, or maybe a, oh, he'll be a worse shot taker. But I think Lamelo could average five rebounds and like seven assists this year, maybe like eight or nine points. But but the shot's going to be the biggest thing. I mean, the thing that was with his brother. His brother shot great. And at UCLA, and everyone was hyping him up, and LeVar got him to be the second pick on the Lakers. But he sort of I, he was horrible his first two years, but now he's actually a pretty good three point shooter. And he, he he's on the Pelicans now. He played that in the bubble, and we'll see we'll see what happens with Lamelo. But I think he's definitely going to be a better player than Lonzo 
in the future. But he also has the great frame to play, be good at defense. Because he's 6'8". He's long. Lonzo wasn't a good defender when he first came in. Then he worked extra hard, and now he's a pretty good defender, actually, at the point guard position. So sort of LaMelo can mirror his brother and maybe be a better offensive threat. I, I would just put him in the pick and roll every single play and kind of let him just create something for Malik Monk and these other wing players. Yeah, it's going to be all about buying in for LaMelo Ball. And it is. You have to build your team around them. People say that hard work beats talent all the time, but if you're a talented player and you work hard, you're going to be excellent. And I think LaMelo, he has the talent to be great, and he just he's going to have to put the work in early to, to really dominate the game. And I, I think if he, if he develops his body and he shows a willingness to, to not always take the first shot or, or wait for an efficient shot, he's going to be a pretty effective player off the bat. So, you know, that's, that's where we stand with LaMelo Ball. Yeah, he's definitely going to make his teammates better, going to be a great rebounder, but high risk, high reward. It's the same with a lot of these prospects in the top three. So we have LaMelo going to the Hornets at three. The fourth pick, the Chicago Bulls, um, sort of a lot of coverage in the last couple of months because of the last dance and that great documentary. We talked about that on the show a long time ago, but... Yeah, and I, I actually started this show. Yeah, it did. It started. <laughs> it it started the birth. Started the birth of the bona fide scrubs. But so the Bulls. I, I mean, I like this roster. I mean, they have Kobe White, Zach Levine, Otto Porter. Um, he's not that good, and he's one of the worst contracts <laughs> in the league. But Mark and Wendell Carter. I think those are two uh, front court players that you could really build for. I mean, we both were big fans of Wendell Carter Jr. coming out of Duke. We thought he was going to fall to the Knicks. In that 2018 draft, he's sort of a good defensive presence, and he can hit some jumpers a little bit. And they fired Jim Boylan. That's also a plus of this team. And they have a, they have an okay bench. I mean, it's not great. Sadoransky, I know I know you like him. He was good on the Wizards. <laughs> They've done some Valentine. He was a 22K player. I, I don't was. actually really care about him that much. But Kobe White, he showed signs. I mean, he both made our all-rookie second team. Good shooter, but... Um, I don't really see him as a true point guard. I see him more as a kind of six-man role, kind of get in, get some buckets, shoot some threes kind of guy like Lou Will or Devontae Graham. So, I, I mean, it, the Bulls, we talked to LaMelo, like the Bulls would be another excellent landing spot because and the Bulls have a, a better roster than the Hornets. They have Markinen. They're going to provide LaMelo with some space to operate. He's playing with Zach Levine. And Zach Levine's sort of the alpha there. So, Le- so Melo wouldn't be the focal point of the offense like he would be maybe on the Hornets. Yeah, so here's where everything goes out the window in terms of being able to predict what's going on. I think with the top three, it's Edwards, Wiseman, Lamelo, Lamelo, Edwards, Wiseman. You sort of know it's going to be those guys, and even that's not great. But after the top three, I don't know if any mock is going to be able to, to know what's going to happen. It's a shit show. Basically, it is. So with the Chicago Bulls, I mean, again, I do like their roster. I agree that they, I think they have some nice players. I think White showed enough signs to sort of be their point guard last year. I like him there. Uh, paired with Levine in the backcourt, I'm a big Zach Levine fan. I like the fact that he scores as much as he does, and he's as young as he is. I think he's a good backcourt mate for White. But is he really going to be your first option moving forward? I mean, I don't know how many games you're going to win with Zach Levine as your best player. I don't know. We're going to have to find out. Uh, moving into the front court, you know, marketing. He is the fake Porzingis, of course. I think maybe after Porzingis <laughs> towards ACL, people sort of 
got a little bit higher on Markkanen. They thought that he could potentially be better than Porzingis. And the Knicks almost traded Porzingis for Markkanen on draft night all the way back in 2017. But for this pick, I'm going to go with the Bulls taking Obi Toppin here fourth overall. And this is a guy who came out of nowhere this year. Uh, he was not close to the top 10 anywhere last year, like with the projections for this season. Uh, but he just sort of came into his own this year at Dayton. And I know you don't really like him that much. I don't know what team you really slotted him to go to, but his body and his game changed while in college. And the last real forward, large forward to have this happen to them was Scottie Pippen. And the Bulls kind of know a little bit about that. And they <laughs> are, you, are, you saying, are you saying Toppin's going to be Scottie Pippen? No, but... I am saying that he could have a, a sort of ascendance into the league like Scottie Pippen. He's, he doesn't necessarily have the same game. He's not an elite perimeter defender, but sort of his his narrative and his arc over the course of his basketball career has been similar. And if the Bulls see a top five pick, they, they see all these players going ahead of them with, with massive upside like LaMelo, they're going to want in on some of, that, some of that untapped potential. And I think when you're looking... At players in this draft in this range, the four to seven range, Obi Toppin has some of the best potential, not only in this range, but in this draft. And I think when you're picking fourth overall, you're going to want uh, a player like Obi Toppin. So for a team that needs small forward help and wing help, like the Bulls do, they can get Otto Porter out of there, uh, Denzel Valentine on their bench, Thad Young. These players are nothing. I think Toppin is a great pick for their team, it fits their team. And there's nobody else I really love as much this early. So I'm going to go with top and fourth overall. Yeah, this is where I disagree with you. I don't, I don't have top and actually in my top five prospects. I think, you see, I, I get what you're saying, but I still, I think Kobe White's going to be, I think he's a six-man scorer in this league. I think I would look to take a point guard or maybe Denny for the Bulls because Toppin, I, I know they, they need a small forward, but, but Toppin's really not a small forward once he develops his perimeter skills. He's a, oh, he's a pretty good shooter. I mean, he didn't take many threes last year in college. He's sort of a bulky 6'9", strong guy. I see him playing the four in this league, and I don't know where you would put him if you've Laurie Markin in there because he kind of has to play there. And, put him and at that's the three. French. I don't know if he could play the three. I don't think his I don't think his playmaking and uh, ball handling skills are good enough to do that right now. Maybe you could take a flyer on him, and he maybe is a little project. But I don't think I would take top in a four if I was the Bulls. I, I think your your front court is solidified with Markin and Carter Jr. I think I would look to take someone like Killian Hayes or, or Denny at the, at this fourth pick. All right. Well, we disagree. I'm going top and four. You're going with you got to pick one because we gotta. I will go gotta have with a solid ranking. I'm gonna go with Killian Hayes. I think he's the point okay. guard that is gonna pass a lot and run the offense for the Chicago Bulls team. I don't think I don't think Toppin has a place. I think it's just a weird fit for him in the in the Chicago organization. So our first disagreement after the top three, maybe there'll be even more disagreement later. But moving on to the fifth team, the fifth pick, the Cleveland Cavaliers, sort of the. The land has not won many games since LeBron James has <laughs> left, as we all know. And I actually like their backcourt with Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. They, they fired John Beeline because he wasn't doing very well. And he, didn't he call them like slug or thugs in practice or whatever? And he meant to yeah. say slugs. So, so <laughs> that, was a, that, that was a fiasco that happened there. And 
But I mean, Andre Drummond and Kevin Love contracts, you're pretty much down in the water when you're paying these guys. And I mean, this team is infinite big men. They have Tristan Thompson and Larry Nance on the bench. I don't, I don't know what purpose that serves, but Sexton and Garland, they're both small and they both can score, but they're going to have to figure out if Garland's really the point guard or if Sexton sort of, they're, they're going to, I think they're ceiling, like they're going to sort of have to maximize, with the new coach is going to have to see, have one and play off ball a lot more than the other one. And sort of like a Larry Van Vliet, I feel like that could be their ceiling for Garland and Sexton. That could be a nice um, short backcourt that scores and, and plays off each other well. That would be great for the Cavs. What, what do you think of this Cavaliers team? What do you think they should look for in this draft? Well, I kind of hate this team. I, I hate the way their uh, roster I mean, I hate their. Up. I don't like it either. <laughs> I just like their backcourt. I, I think Sexton and Garland you could actually build off of, but you have to figure out everything else. They should trade the Kevin Love ha- if possible. The land has become the wasteland, basically. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I look at when I look at this roster. You have Kevin Love, who fell apart after leaving Minnesota. He was a nice piece for... LeBron to drag to the finals, but without LeBron, there's really nothing for him to do there besides get injured and steal money. So that's really what Kevin Love's been up to over the past couple of years. Uh, With Andre Drummond, they traded for him last year, and they kind of heisted Drummond off the Pistons. The only problem is that Drummond on a team like this doesn't really offer anything. He can't really command your offense. He's not versatile enough offensively to lead your team in any way he's not giving you more wins he's sort of like Rudy Gobert but worse but has no good players to compliment him so he's kind of <laughs> useless again moving out to their bench they just have a bunch of forwards and big men that can't really do anything uh, having Thompson and Nance is redundant to me I don't know why you need both uh, so I kind of hate this team I they're don't starting like either, Jetty but... Oseman at small forward they were doing that last year uh, he's obviously not a player you can go anywhere with. So I think they need to take a small forward, and maybe Toppin is their guy if the Bulls really go in a different direction. I think that would be a pretty big win for them. But a player you actually brought up uh, before when we were talking about this is Isaac Okoro, and I think that fits this franchise's model because they're born franchise. and He's crap. Okoro <laughs> doesn't excite me. So I think if the Cavs are going to have some dysfunction and they're going to be a dumb franchise. They're going to take a Coro fifth uh, for no other reason than he, he just is sort of a regular, not super high potential kind of a, a higher floor player that can, that can work for you right away. So I don't know. Why don't they just go Isaac Coro here? Fifth. Well, you know, why not? As a Coro, I was thinking of that. I, we could, I could have went with Toppin, but I'm going to go with Denny. I think, I think Denny's going to be the fifth pick here. I, I think the Cavs should take him. Um, it, maybe it would be a weird fit playing with Sexton Garland, but I, I was watching a lot of Denny film earlier. He's great off the ball. He's six nine. He could play sort of the three and the four. And if you move on from move on from Kevin Love, Denny could fill out those spots. He's a great passer, great off the ball. He's a good play, and he's a pretty decent shooter. He has a good looking jump shot. His percentages did not show that in his like Israel Israeli league and the Euro league. He averaged like thirteen in the Southern league, but. Here it's four in the year league. He, he's also like 19 years old, a lot of growing. I, I think he could he could grow with this team. I mean, he sort of like looks like Luca, and he plays like Luca. I'm not saying he's gonna be Luca, but if the Cavs want to just uh, gamble and uh, try that pick for Denny, 
the, the wasteland, the other thing going for them, you might as well gamble with Denny and hope he, he could become a great player to compliment Sexton and Garland. Yeah, I like this pick. And I admit I'm a little bit Denny biased, so I sort of saved him from going to a team that I don't care about. And I stuck a Coro on here because I don't really – like want to talk about him that much so <laughs> well do you too i mean honestly do you think who thinks gonna go first if you if you if you think a coro is actually gonna go here do you think denny's gonna go before coro or well on the I feel like Denny's gonna, i've been looking at i feel like denny's gonna go at, first coro has been going before him and so, i don't know why i think denny should be it is, taken it is based him. in science in some way but i just i would prefer denny if i were a team so i'm just that's what i'm doing yeah i think the Cavs should take denny I don't know if they will. I mean, we don't actually know what's going to happen here, but I'm just going to – I think Denny's the best fit for this team. Akuro, he's a good fit too. They need a small forward. He can't really shoot, and you kind of need some shooter, more shooting around Sexton Garland. You get to the rim and stuff. Like Kevin Loves provides that. And Drummond, he's just a role man. But Cavs, Wasteland, they're, they're kind of a dead team to me. <laughs> we'll see what they do at five. Now moving on to the Atlanta Hawks at six. They Interesting roster. They did. They The Hawks stole the next pick. I mean, I like this roster. I think we both agree with that. They have a lot of young budding stars in Trey Young. Kevin Herter um, was mentioned in trade talks in those articles with the Timberwolves and stuff. DeAndre Hunter, he's actually better than I thought he was. He seems like a good 3 and D role player for them. They got Capella, who is Will Chamberlain Jr., as I like to call him, <laughs> and John Collins, who got suspended for PEDs, but um, he's a good player. He's like a 19 and 10 guy. I think he compliments Trey Young pretty well. And they've Ruddish too and Teague, but this team, I don't, I don't really see a point in drafting like someone with the sixth pick. They need veterans. They need guys that are going to be – they need veterans that are going to help the locker room and play defense because this team does not play defense. We know they're going to score, but will they actually defend? That's my biggest question with this team. Yeah, I completely agree. And you know, opposite to the Cavs team, this team this team is a, has a great you know foundation for their future. They have already a top player with Trey Young. Their role players seem to be pretty good, and it could be important to them going forward. They're obviously all very young. You know, with Reddish and Hunter, we only saw one year of them, so they're going to look to take a nice year two jump. Uh, Capella and Collins, I like as their front court. I think that could work. In a, in a nice system. So I like the roster that they have now. And again, I agree with you that I don't think taking a draft pick here necessarily boosts their team significantly enough to matter. I think he sort of just gets lost in the shuffle with Cam Reddish and Hunter. And out of, if you pick a small forward, who's the best out of him and, and Reddish and stuff. I think if they were able to get Edwards in some way, that would be a, a great benefit to their team. That'd be ideal. Play the two. With Trey would be would be pretty awesome. I think their starting lineup would look pretty good after that. But this team needs to trade for an all-star level player or at least sign an all-star level player. So I think Brandon Ingram probably could be on their radar. Uh, moving for a player like Booker using this pick should be on the table for them. And trading for an all-star or a 20-point score or something like that really could take this team into playoff consideration, I think. So drafting a rookie where you don't really know what they're gonna you're gonna get out of them right away, I, I don't think that's the move for them. And I think they sort of have to move their pick in order to really 
have anything work next season because you're going to have to make a choice between all these young players that you have if you add another one that doesn't really help you in any way. Yeah, but the problem was with Will, if, if the Hawks try trading this pick, I don't think anyone really wants to trade into this draft. I don't think teams are really going to be trading that many picks. I mean, everyone's already hating on the draft class and we're still like two months away from the draft. I don't really see the Suns like, or any team trading away their star for kind of an unknown player in this draft and everything could go crazy. We don't know what's going to happen in this draft. So I don't really see the Hawks moving this pick. I mean, we're, for, for our sake, we're not having any team trade their pick. So if I had to make a selection for the Hawks, I would go a Kong Wu here at six from USC. He was on a, he played with the Mel actually Chino Hills. That's pretty crazy. Chino Hills literally has three NBA players, three lottery picks <laughs> in the, yeah, in like Lonzo, the five years. That's the, and they're a public school. That's unheard of. And they also have two D1 players like LiAngelo and Eli Scott. But going back to a Kong Wu, um, I've he- heard comparisons uh, to Bam from him. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be Bam. Like, immediately, it took Bam a few years, actually. He was sort of unknown until this year, if you think about it. But Okongwu possesses that 6'9 size like Bam. He's got a nice touch from the mid-range like Bam. But he's 6'9", 245. He's a good defender, good rebounder. He's just raw offensively, and that's what Bam was coming to this league. And he could also protect the rim. So if you don't think Capella is like your long-term center, I think I would take Okongwu and have him play with Collins and, and hope you can sort of develop him into a good rim protector. Yeah, if the Hawks are going to be able to move this pick and get somebody they, that can really help them, they're going to have to find somebody that sort of hates their life. And the players yeah. that really make an impact that hate it right now are like Embiid, Devin Booker, I think, is in that consideration. I don't think Devin Booker hates the Suns right now. I think he's kind of sick of, of missing the playoffs, and I think he would be excited to join Trey and play for Atlanta. So Yeah, but like the Hawks gonna, are like the worst than the Suns, probably. <laughs> you're going to have to find... Yeah, but playing with Trey Young is, is fun for people, so they're, he's going to want to do that. You're going to have to find somebody that really wants out of their situation, and you're going to have to have that agent and that player force them out whatever team you go with is going to have to settle for this being the best deal. So you talked about teams not wanting to trade into this draft and that's true. But if their player wants out immediately and the Hawks are giving you the sixth pick and something else and a herder or hunter or whatever, you're going to look at that and say, you know what? Fine. This is good enough. And that's what they're just going to have to hope that a player if they want to trade their pick and if they want to add an all-star, they're going to have to hope one of them wants to leave their team. And that's going to be how they're going to get that deal done pretty much. Yeah, but if they had to save the selection, well, who do you think would be the best fit for the Hawks? Who do you think they would end up taking? Uh, we can go with Onyeka sixth. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility to have happen. Yeah, I, th- I think Onyeka would be a good fit for them. So the Hawks, they have some decisions to make if they want to trade the pick or take Onyeka or a big man. I think they would lean towards a big man because they sort of have a lot of wings now with Reddish, Hunter, Herder, and Trey. They have lost shootings. So I think they would go big man here if, if they had to. Toppin would be a good option for them, but Toppin has not. He's still falling. He's, he didn't go into the top six for me. <laughs> Moving on to the seventh team, the Pistons, um, sort of irrelevant, just like the waistline Cavs. And... <laughs> They have Derrick Rose on his last legs. They have Tony Snell starting. And you're just not going to win basketball games if you start Tony Snell in the NBA. So that, that's, how, that's what I'll say there. 
a Christian Wood who had a who had Rona basically and exploded against the Knicks before the season the shut down. Rona makes you improve as a basketball player. Nelikina, the game after playing the Pistons, had his first 2010 game, and the Pistons just got tested for Corona. So, yeah, I don't know. I think there's a conspiracy there. Um, they have Blake Griffin. They have Seku Doyamba, who was their pick last year, who who looks pretty decent. They have Mikhailo at shooting guard. He's a good shooter, but I don't know where you could go with him. This this team has a lot of holes, and um, Blake Griffin is their power forward. I would try to get a point guard if I was this team because I don't like Derrick Rose running the show. But also Toppin would be a great option for for this team. So if I had to pick one player, I think Tyrese Halliburton is the pick for the Pistons. 6'5 guard out of Iowa State. He shot. He improved both years. He's still. He's twenty. He's a twenty-year-old sophomore. He shot like forty percent from three. His jumper's a little weird, but he, um, he's skinny. He's six-five. He's athletic. He can rebound and pass. He's sort of like a worse version of Lamelo Ball, but he's more efficient. So, so take that, take that how you like it. So, I think Tyrese Halliburton is going to ruin Nick Sands' dreams and be taken right before us at seven. <laughs> I think I would go Halliburton if I was the Pistons. Yeah, to me, this team really is the Cavs 2.0, and they're a little bit better. They they have a better cap situation, definitely, despite having Blake Griffin under contract, but they're really not that much better off than the Cavs are right now. And I agree. I think the Knicks are going to get screwed once again, and the Pistons are going to go point guard here, and whichever one is there for you that you like at seven, you pretty much have to go with. Obviously, LaMelo is going to be the first point guard gone guaranteed pretty much you know we don't know what else the player the teams are going to take leading up to seven but again i think the knicks are going to get screwed halliburton i agree with you should be their pick here at seven i don't like killian hayes that much he's a french point guard the knicks have done the french point guard thing it doesn't really work hayes, that well I've, for teams. i have hayes going fourth i have hayes going fourth <laughs> so he's not here for me right so halliburton should be the pick here for them they do need to move on from Derrick Rose eventually, and why not go for a 6-5, 16-17 point per game score, good shooting. I think he's a great player, and I think the Pistons will be lucky to get him here at 7. I mean, I think Halliburton's going to be better than Killian Hayes, but um, that's not how NBA teams view it. I, also, um, Hayes is mocked higher in basically every draft, and I think I think most teams would agree Hayes might be the, the, the better point guard, so that's why Hayes is going forward to the Bulls, and we have Halliburton seventh to the Pistons and well the eighth pick the team drum roll plays the team that dropped two spots and everyone was tweeting about last Thursday when the lottery happened New York Knicks and they brought in Tibbs who, uh, I believe Mike Woodson is on the staff now and they have a lot of pieces to move I don't like Taj Gibson starting I don't know we don't like him um Julius Randall you know like his him. contract is up so we don't know if he's he is back. we don't know if Bobby Portis is gonna be back Kevin Knox um horrific he was named the worst player in the NBA by ESPN this year so that's not a good wise yeah efficiency that that's not a good look um and Mitchell Robinson shows promise at the center position we have Barrett so pretty much our two assets are Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, and, and a bunch of draft picks that are unknown. So what the hell are gonna Nick's, Nick's going to do here, Will? Uh, well, I said it at the top of the show, and I'll say it right now, uh, contrary to popular belief, this isn't a terrible draft spot. I was listening to Alan Hahn talk about this, friend of the show, by the way, Alan Hahn. It's a great episode. Go listen to it. 
Um, he was talking about how this draft is so unknown and it could be, it, it's being ranked right now as one of the worst drafts of the past 20 years. And, and that definitely could, that could be possible. So having a low pick here, obviously Allen is a Knicks fan. He covers the Knicks for a living. So he probably is a little bit biased and so are we, but I agree with him. I think having a lower selection here is not necessarily so bad, especially only moving down two spots. People were reacting on social media like they moved down to the 28th pick instead of the 8th pick. And I, I just don't think a reaction like that is warranted when you have a draft that's so unknown in this range. So that being said, they need a point guard, obviously. Okay, Alfred Payton is a nice placeholder. I think if he's a backup to your star on a playoff team, that's not a bad idea. But him starting as your point guard is an awful idea. And that's currently what they have. Nilakina again, five points per game score, French point guard. Don't love it. I, <laughs> I, I, I think he's a nice, again, a nice player, a nice piece to have, but he can't, he's just not good enough offensively to really play a role on a good team. Dennis Smith just fell off the mountain last year. There was all this hype. About he lost his abilities a, to play basketball. Overhauling a new jump shot. And every, he like he's the Markel Fultz too now. Like I mean, he just <laughs> had a complete meltdown last season. So they need to take a point guard. And I think if Halliburton is there for you at eight, that should be their no-brainer pick because they just need that position so badly. And I like Halliburton as a six-five. Again, he's a strong guard. He showed a lot of versatility at Iowa. I I, I like him a lot. Another player we just talked about before doing the show was uh, Kira Lewis Jr. And he reminds me of Halliburton a lot. He's 6'3", a little bit shorter. He averaged more points at University of Alabama. Uh, but again, very versatile, good jump shot, athletic. I like him here too. He's not going as high as a Hayes or a Halliburton or players like that. So it might be a little bit of a reach to take an eighth. But the reason why I held out on this player until now is because with Halliburton gone, I really like him for the Knicks, and that is not a point guard. It is the Denny God being taken eighth overall. <laughs> yeah, I, you see, I, I don't think he's going to fall to A. That's my problem. I, I just think he's going to go before the Knicks. Yeah, so I mean, I guess I guess they did they did get penalized for going down two spots. They did they, a little bit. It may, they had the sixth pick. Th- this would be more likely. We could have gotten them at six, I bet. I bet he would have been there at six, but I, I don't know about eight. It's, it's murky now. It's looking murky. Yeah. Yeah, so the Denny God. Watching him, watching his highlights, he reminds me kind of of like a Luca doing a Michael Porter impression. That's kind of what I see when I, <laughs> well, when that's, I just that watch him. Well, that seems cool. I, I, would, I, would, just, I would like that. Just him moving on the court. Now, he's more of a Michael Porter passer and a Luca shooter which is not exactly what you want your player to be built like, but he's already 6'9", 220 at 19. I think that's worth noting when you look at a player and their development. And he could play the three and and really fill out a, a Luka-type role. I don't think he'll be as good at all, at, like ever, or especially not nearly right away. But I don't, I don't see why he couldn't at least be a playmaker. This team does have bad point guards, so he is going to get the opportunity to to pass the ball and make plays for his teammates. And like you mentioned before, he is pretty athletic. He has a, a decent release and a nice jump shot despite his percentages. So if he can fall to eight here, 
I think the Knicks would be pretty lucky, especially if they don't end up with a point guard they like on the board. If they can't get Denny and all the good early point guards are gone, again, I like Kira Lewis. It might be a reach, but eighth here, I'm going with Denny if you're the Knicks and Halliburton is not there. Yeah, I think I would take Denny too if Halliburton wasn't there. I'm looking at a bunch of guys for the Knicks. I think Devin Vassell could be a potential candidate to be selected. Florida State, he was a six. I think he was, what was he, six, six wing, and he played at Florida State. Great shooter. He's got long arms. He seems like the prototypical 3 and D type of guy, and the Knicks need shooting. I mean, this team was – this team can't score. They were one of the worst shooting teams in the league. They have no spacing, and R.J. Barrett's best skill is driving the ball well, and we need to open it up for him. That's his best skill. He needs to improve as a shooter also, but a point guard – and you know who fills the point guard role and can space the floor? Mr. Kiara Lewis Jr. out of Alabama. I would yeah, take I like him, him eight. I don't know if I don't know if it's a reach. I think he's going to lottery. Um, this kid is six three, he averaged 18, 5 and 5. He's got a smooth jumper, 36% from three, 46 from the field. He's just really athletic. He reminds me of De'Aaron Fox. And De'Aaron Fox is a very good point guard. Maybe not a superstar level like Damian Lillard or Stephen Curry. But he's a good player, and Kira Lewis may have been actually a better shooter than Fox coming out of college. He's a, he probably is a better jumper. I'm not saying he's going to be better than Fox or he's going to be a superstar, but I think we should risk it with Kira Lewis. I think I think I mean Vassell. He seems pretty safe, but we need a point guard running the show. Kira Lewis is explosive, and he brings shooting to the table. So I, I think I would take him eight, but also a point guard that the Knicks also really like, according to Ian Begley, the Knicks SNY reporter. They like Cole Anthony a lot. And what do you think of Cole Anthony, Will? Uh-oh. Well, here we go with another. You know, Okay, so I'm kind of a hater of Ball's life. I, I don't like the hyped high school prospects without seeing what they're able to do in college. And I think people buy into the hype of a player way too early before they actually show what they can Play. do at any sort yeah. of real level. And the story with Cole Anthony has been that thus far. I mean, he was obviously incredibly hyped going into UNC. He was going to be one of their next great players and he sort of just kind of fell off what he was supposed to do. He's not a great shooter. He is seemingly undersized. I don't love them taking Cole Anthony eighth overall. He is a New York guy. I think they're probably looking at him because of that and because of his old hype. But Yeah, people thought that Cole Anthony would be a top five pick, and I don't think he should be a top 10 pick, let alone be taken at eighth. So I don't love Cole Anthony. I would much rather have Kira Lewis from what I've seen in college. I'd rather have Kira Lewis than Vassal too. So that's who I would go with at um, at eighth overall. Yeah, I think I agree. I would Kira Lewis over Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony is a good shooter, but he's not a... Yeah, he had inefficient issues. I mean, you could say he was on a bad team and stuff, but I don't, I don't think he's going to go in the top bay. I think he's going to be taken much, much later. Eighth pick, Kira Lewis, that's, that's the next guy. I think they should really look to draft him. Moving on to the ninth pick, the Wizards. It's funny. Um, Obi Toppin is still on my draft board, <sighs> and guess what? The Wizards are not going to take him either. Uh-oh. They're going to – the damn Washington Wizards for a reason. The, the damn Washington Wizards. That's right. The damn Washington Wizards. I'm calling you out. And um, they have a lot of shooters in this team. They got to bring back Bertans. And 
They have Hachimura, all-rookie second team for us. Wall and Beal, they're both going to be back. I think they're going to run it back. They're going to try and see if the Wall-Beal experiment can finally work again and take them to a playoff position. But I just think that they're the Wizards, and um, they may need another wing player, small forward. And I think Isaac Okoro, they can look to him. He's a great defender, and he's great at finishing. But what is his jump shot? He shot 28% from three in college. (laughs) That's awful. I, that's like, I mean, if they think he could become a better shooter, because this Washington team doesn't play any defense either. So I think a curl would help fill out a wing spot on this Washington team. Yeah. So like we said, the damn Washington Wizards. The damn Washington Wizards. They are paying John Wall forty million, and when I think about mm-hmm. players who hate their life, uh, the one guy I forgot in this whole situation is Bradley Beal, who, despite being very patient and respect to him, not really complaining that much, probably hates the Washington Wizards a lot. But he re-signed with them. John, uh, yeah, okay, I know. But this team, he opted out of going back to the bubble to to make the playoffs. He did not want to play with, with those players. So I, I think he would be much happier playing for a team like the Hawks or the Warriors if the Wizards want to facilitate a trade for those picks. So note him as a player that could potentially be moving. But I think this team has to take a point guard. I don't know why they would take a wing player when they took one last year in Hachimura. They have Davis Bertans. He is an expiring free agent, but they could bring him back if they wanted to. I think he's he averaged 15. He, he was a nice player for them last year, and he shoots a great percentage from three. So he's definitely a really nice player for them I think, to have. I think Vassell would be a good pick for the Wizards here if all the point guards are gone. I mean, you could take Cole Anthony as a flyer and maybe develop yeah. him, but I think Vassell or Okoro is the pick here. I'm going with Okoro. Well, for me, just like you never took Toppin, I never took Hayes. So Killian yeah. Hayes is, is my pick here for them at number nine. That's what I would go with just because John Wall – the question mark with him is, is bigger than any player in the league. We have no idea if he's going to be playing. And you just, you're going to need a point guard. They don't have really a backup for him or a starter in case he is out. So you're going to need to, to go with a point guard in your first round. And Killian Hayes is the best one here in my draft. So I'm going with him number nine. Yeah, Wizards. I, I, think, I, think, I don't know if they'll take a point guard. I think all the point guards are going to be gone, which is what my mock draft suggests. But small forward... Or Kuro Vassell, I'm going to go with a Kuro. Moving on to the 10th pick, the Phoenix Suns. And Obi Toppin is here, and he has fallen. And that's why the Suns are going to take him to play the four over Saric. Explosive like Aiden. And if they develop his shooting, he could be great. Might as well take the gamble. If he falls to 10, you might as well take him. I like this team. I mean, Ricky Rubio signing him was, has paid dividends for the Suns team because they did not... They just couldn't find a point guard for like 20 years. <laughs> well, not 20 years. They couldn't find a point guard ever since Steve Nash and Bledsoe left. It's funny. This is a point guard-heavy draft, but they have the 10th pick. So bad news, they cannot get a point guard. They did sign Rubio, at least. Rubio, Booker, Oubre. Aiton has been great on the defensive end and was rebounding. I like what Phoenix is going for them. I think um, they have a lot of wings, so I don't think Vassell would go here because they already have Oubre, Cam Johnson, Mikal Bridges. I think if Obi Toppin's here, like he suggests in my mock draft, I think Obi Toppin is the pick at 10 for the Suns. Yeah, well, I, I love Obi Toppin going to the Suns. I think that's a great idea. But what that do you is, think is going to be the fourth? Idea. 
Whether you think he's going to be the fourth overall pick or not, I don't think he's going to be there at 10, uh, yeah, regardless sort of, a, of what, of if you think he's going to be early. So I'm going to go with them taking a player that has a similar build and skill set to Obi Toppin, and that is Villanova's Sadiq Bey. He's 6'8", he's 216, a little bit uh, smaller than Toppin. But this guy averaged 16 points per game and, and shot 45% from three last year. That is a player you definitely love to have when you have a backcourt of Rubio and Booker. You add another perimeter player to your team that can hit outside shots. Rubio can distribute it to all these guys. They have great floor spacing. So if you have a lineup of, of Rubio, Booker, Ubre, Saric, Aiton, and then you have Bay off the bench with McCall and Cam Johnson, this is, this is a pretty decent team that almost made the playoffs. Again, they went 8-0 and and missed out. So this is a team already making some noise. We don't really necessarily know where Devin Booker will be next year. I think with the Suns is probably most likely, though. So I, I like them taking Sadiq Bey here, number 10, with top and gone. I, I think he's a great floor spacer, and you don't really have to sacrifice any size for that. I almost like him more than Basel for a team looking for a small it's, forward. It's Vassell, I think, but... Okay. Yeah, Vassell, Vassell will be a good pick for the Suns. But um, if Toppin's here, you might as well take him. I mean, we have no idea how this draft's going to go, but Vassell or Toppin for the Suns at 10 will be great. The Spurs at 11, I actually I think they're going to surprise some people here. I mean, the roster, um, they don't shoot a lot of threes, and they need shooting. I, I looked at Devin Vassell for that, but instead they have a lot of guards. But I think they're going to take a project player in RJ Hampton. This seems like the most Spurs pick ever. They're going to take sort of the, the wild card, another wild card point guard coming out of Australia, the NBL. Same league Lamelo Ball played in. He's 6'6". He's a decent shooter, but he's got size and he's good at driving the ball. This seems like a Spurs type of player. They would draft him and have him play behind DeJounte Murray and see where it takes him. I mean, this guy's potentially, he was a former five-star recruit in high school. And I think he would, I think if he ends up becoming really good, that could definitely help out because DeJounte Murray could also play the two if he's needed and also they might move on from DeRozan eventually. So the Spurs, I think they're going to take a project type player in RJ Hampton here. I like that idea. I, I think RJ would be a, a decent fit for this Spurs team. Uh, like you said, DeJounte Murray could also play the two and this team has no point guards in sight when you look at their roster. So I think, I think they probably need to take a point guard here. They took Lonnie Walker recently, and he hasn't really been he's on the court point that either. much to prove, to prove himself. I know he's not a point guard. I'm just saying to defer them from taking a two or a three, uh, you have a young player like Walker there. So with a, for a point guard for them, I think it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for them to go after a player like Cole Anthony, which is different from a Spurs perspective. They usually do take the more unknown, the more European players with their first-round picks. But if they need a point guard, Anthony is the best one left. And I, I think he could fit their system well. He averaged 18 points per game at UNC, uh, shot a pretty underwhelming 35% from three, only four assists, too. So he's not a great playmaker. But again, with the Spurs, it's all about development. And if you're going to develop Cole Anthony into a more efficient playmaker, this is the place to do it. And with the 11th pick, I don't hate it as much as I would hate the Knicks taking him 8th or the Pistons taking him 7th. I don't think that's realistic. So just outside the top 10, I I don't mind a Cole Anthony pick 
for the Spurs. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I would go Cole Anthony too here, but I just think RJ Hampton maybe has a higher ceiling. And Dante Murray, I feel like he's already hit a ceiling, speaking of ceiling. So I think Cole Anthony or RJ Hampton, pick your poison, both can provide that extra boost you need because they both could end up becoming better players than Dante Murray offensively. Murray's sort of a defensive guru, great point, tall, lanky point guard, but the Spurs need scoring and they need shooting. So I think either Cole Anthony or RJ Hampton will be the guys for them. 12th pick, the Sacramento Kings. Um, they have a, a lot of players I actually like. I, I'm, I'm a believer in Marvin Bagley. He was hurt a lot this year. I still think he could become a very good player. I think they should play him at the five. He's got a great offensive skill set. His shooting has gotten better. I like him. I like De'Aaron Fox. I like Buddy Heald. But this team needs another shooter. I, I like Bogdanovich. But a big man, I mean, they're just too far away from Obi Top. And I think Obi Top would be perfect next to Marvin Bagley for this team if they both, if Top brings some shooting. But I think Devin Vassell would be the guy for the Kings. Harrison Barnes, he's on a massive contract. And I think the team is their wing player. I think they already have their backcourt solidified with Fox and Heald. And Bagley is sort of their third wheel when he's healthy. So I think Vassell would be a, a great pick. This team, he brings defense and shooting to the table. Yeah, I think this team would like a center. They obviously have. Yeah, I think Bagley right could play center. Have, That's my thing. They have uh, I mean, Luke Wan's an center, awful so. coach. <laughs> Right. Again, with Luke Walton, he is definitely terrible. I don't know why they would ever hire him after just being successful with the Warriors for five minutes and then being a disaster with the Lakers. Yeah, he was a cup, but, he had a cup of coffee with the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, Bagley could play the five. That's decent. I'll, I'll agree with you. I, I think Vassell, Vassell, whatever you want to call it, I think his, his, his shooting and spacing does benefit this team if you put Bagley at the five and go undersized like many and teams have been doing. The four. Yeah, because Bielitz yeah, has also been playing put, the four this year without Bagley. He's you could also shooter. put Bogdan in there at the three. He is a free agent. You're going to have to re-sign him. He's restricted, but I believe. I like that starting five, and then you have Vassell off I the like bench it too. With Corey Joseph, Bielitsa. It's not that bad. This team was another team on the fringe of making the playoffs. Uh, floor spacing for them will definitely help them like it helps every team. Uh, Vassell here, don't hate it. I think he's a good pick. Totally agree. I, I mean, this, this I mean, I mean, we're sort of getting to the, towards the end of the lottery, so the better teams right. are going to be here. The Kings have a much more desirable roster and assets compared to like the Cavs or the Pistons or even the Knicks. They sort of already have their, they have their backcourt, which is really important. You got to have a good backcourt to win in today's game. Barnes is a solid wing. Vassell will be another wing to throw at you. They can also shoot threes. I, I believe in Bagley. I, I think this team's going to be really good soon. And go Kings, sort of, I guess. They'll take, <laughs> we both agree they'll take Vassell here at 12. 13th pick, the Pelicans, if they want to move on from Lonzo Ball. I wouldn't hate a Cole Anthony pick here to replace him and sort of mold with that young team. He's, he's a good shooter, good playmaker, but we'll have to see what the Pelicans do with Lonzo Ball. That's the biggest question. They still have Drew Holiday. And they also, of course, want to build around Zion. Yeah, this was kind of tough for me to look at the Pelicans team because they have their next great player, as they would, they would like to think, in Zion. They have Lonzo Ball, who could be on a different team next year. I don't know. I think he would be a good point guard for them to have. So they don't really need to draft one. Drew Holiday is there. Uh, like, yeah, this is a good team. And I don't really know who they would 
take to immediately fill a spot. Uh, the one thing they have to do is they have to repay Brandon Ingram this offseason if he decides to go elsewhere or if a team decides to pay him too much money, they're going to have to match that and they might not want to do that. So they're going to need a wing player. I think Vassell here would be great. He might not be this low. We have him going a pick before to the Kings. Well, well, do you think they would take RJ Hampton? <laughs> I'm going Cole Anthony here because I saved Anthony. I think I think he's going to go f- fall further. I think the Spurs like would like Hampton. Yeah, Hampton, he's 6'5". He's a little bit undersized for a three. The Pelicans he's a point guard. could work well with them. Okay, RJ Hampton, 13. Final pick of the lottery, the Celtics. Um, Aaron Naismith, the small four from Vanderbilt, seems like the perfect Celtics pick. Another 3 and D type of guy to play with Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, and Tatum. I mean, it doesn't really matter who the Celtics take because they're going to be a top three seed no matter what. They got this from the – I think this was the Memphis pick, and Memphis was good this year. They – like – I don't. I, we were all shocked how good Memphis was this year, sort of. But I just think the Celtics are just going to try to get another wing player, or they're just going to take someone that won't even find minutes in rotation because that's what happened with Romeo Langford last year, and he was in the lottery again. Yeah, for the Celtics here, I'm going to go with a, a bigger guy in, in Precious Achiwa. He's six nine, two twenty five average, sixteen and, and eleven last year in Memphis. So this is a guy who really took advantage of, of Wiseman's departure from the season last year. Uh, he's very athletic. He shot 33% from three, so not great. But also when you're playing a, a power forward role, you know that, that's not horrendous to start off with. And this team has Daniel Tice start, starting at center. So they definitely like to go undersized. I think Achiwa could, could be a nice backup for them. He's definitely better defensively than a player like Cantor is. So he definitely adds depth for them at the forward position. I don't know if they'll go wing because their two best players are Tatum and Brown and their wing players and Kemba is their point guard. So they don't really need those important positions so they can sort of just build out something that they're weaker at and that is uh, near the near the top of the lineup with a center and, and forward. So Achiwa, he's big. he He's athletic. I think he fits the Celtics well and could be a nice player to develop for them rounding out our last pick of the lottery. Yeah, they need big men. We saw that against the Sixers in the first round. I mean, Embiid torched them, but the rest of the Sixers team kind of sucked. So that's why they lost the series. But yeah, Precious, I don't, I don't hate that pick. I think it's pretty good. I mean, if Okongwu uh, somehow slips all the way to 14, that would pretty much be perfect. That'd be the ideal fit for Okongwu. But we, we have a mocked sixth to the Hawks. I, well, we think he's going to be top 10. So, yeah, well, I kind of agree with you. Precious would be a good pick. I would, I would either go Precious or Naismith. I'm just going to go Naismith just because he's a good shooter. You know what you're getting with him. And Boston likes having a lot of shooters on their team. I think they'll just try to maybe sign a center in the offseason or, or try something else. They also have Robin Williams on their bench. who could also maybe play some minutes there. Yep, well, this has been our, our early, way, way too early, some may say, draft lottery predictions right after we got the lottery order. We decided to go through and give a, you our top four team. We might go back in a month or so, way closer to the draft, and give maybe full first-round breakdown if that seems like a good idea. So we might revisit this at some point. But that has been this episode of the Bonafide Scrubs podcast. You can subscribe on Apple and Spotify. Rate the show. Review it, please. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, you can also follow us on social media at the Bonafide Scrubs on Instagram and on Twitter at Bonafide Scrubs. We love 
tweet and actually have people interact with the tweets and not tweet to nobody. So please go follow us over there. We just hit a thousand on Instagram. So we definitely really appreciate that uh, from all of you guys. But we will see you uh, in the future with some more pods. Okay, bye. Peace.